Nobody understands the cloud. <laughs> what is the cloud? Storing your files somewhere that's, else. That's right. <laughs> Hello, and thank you for joining Breadcrumb Theory, a modern-day podcast navigating the digital age. We are your hosts, Melissa Schwass and Eric Shear. Welcome. So, Eric, what are we talking about today? Social media, everybody's favorite subject. Dun-dun-dun. That's right. <laughs> How do you use social media? Well, you know, I think social media is uh, a couple things, right? It's one, it's just mindless entertainment, you know, uh, and two, it is, you know, uh, kind of a voyeuristic way of keeping in touch with your friends and family um, or, you know, your platform to shout out your, you know, what's ever on your mind to the world. For me personally, I'm more of a lurker in the social media space. I don't like to post too much. Um, and there's reasons that we can get into later on in this podcast for that. But, uh, you know, mainly I like to just keep tabs and I like the connectivity it gives me to my, my friends and family. And, uh, you know, it's become part of my entertainment. Yeah, I, I definitely use it for entertainment. I think a couple of my friends and I used to joke that the high school reunion is dead and that's because of social media. And it's really true because I live in Colorado now. I'm originally from Illinois, uh, but I can still stay in touch with people and loved ones that are 1500 miles away. So it's really a, a huge convenience factor for me. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I was thinking about this uh, as we were getting ready to record and not long ago on Facebook, I had a friend from early elementary school reach out to me and ask me if I wanted to join the group for my Christ the King Elementary School oh, graduating wow. class. And these are people that I haven't seen since like the sixth grade. I, you know, I never kept tabs. We weren't, you know, uh, they were childhood friends and, and classmates, but that was about it. You know, I'm 46 years old and I'm like, wow, it was kind of cool because you go, God, I remember those days and, and you want to see where everybody's at. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to have a get together. Uh, I don't want to go on a picnic or, you know, meet up for a reunion or anything else like that. I'm like, I haven't even thought about you since middle school. So yeah, I think I'm that extroverted introvert or introverted extrovert. When we had our high school reunion, I totally avoided it. And it, it's not that my high school class wasn't awesome. I've actually seen a lot of amazing people do amazing things. It's just, you know, honestly, when you have a full work week, or you have your extracurriculars, really, the last thing I want to do is, is go to an event where I maybe talk to a handful of people authentically. But it's really nice that I can see these people live their lives really on a day to day basis. And they've had children now, or they're going on to do big things. And, it, and I'm really, really impressed by them. Actually, uh, that's why I joke about the high school reunion being dead. Yeah, well, I mean, it is a handy way to to, to stay connected to times in your life in the past and, uh, you know, see where everybody is in the present. So, uh, you know, which platforms do you like to use? What, uh, what apps uh, and social media do you use on a daily basis? Daily uh, for transparency. I use LinkedIn the most for business and 
you know, I had a customer joke the other day that LinkedIn is the Tinder of business, that it's superficial. And one could say that, but really, I think that if you use it in an authentic manner, and that term is really overplayed now, I acknowledge that. But if you're true to yourself, it is a powerful tool to build connections. And especially since we're all working from home, living in these times where we're sheltering in place and have to stay away from people, I've already been able to meet people on LinkedIn and have virtual coffee sessions, if you will. And by those connections, I've met a variety of other connections. And so I really find LinkedIn is powerful, especially for me, because I love people and I love just building networks with people. I also use Facebook, um, but obviously in a less serious manner. And, you know, I'm trying to use Instagram more as I know that's a popular platform trying to get familiar with Twitter. I think we talked about TikTok at some point. I had Snapchat, deleted it, had it again. But I really think it's LinkedIn for me, Facebook and Instagram. What about you? So definitely LinkedIn. I think we can both agree that um, it can be a very powerful tool if used correctly uh, to not only advance your career, look for a job, uh, meet business connections, as, as well as uh, your own personal branding. So I I do enjoy uh, uh, LinkedIn quite a bit. Um, Facebook, I you know I've kind of grown out of Facebook. I, I look at it every once in a while, but um, you know we'll get into some of the cons and, and the, the problems with social media, which I feel Facebook is ripe with. But it's how I keep tabs on my on my extended family and. You know, I've used Twitter, but it wasn't, I never got into tweeting that much. And, you know, I like Instagram, but I haven't made it, uh, you know, one of my main ones. But I will say that I am a TikTok junkie. I'm sorry. I'm (laughs) going to put that out there. Um, It is the most addictive social media platform right now, in my opinion. The 30 to 60 minute TikTok clips are, are getting better and better. I found it early, early on uh, by accident and you know, I thought this is stupid. I was like, you know, this is just narcissistic video production for teenagers. And, and now in the the time since it's, it's come out, there's actually some pretty damn good TikToks out there. Some really good little 30 second loops that are completely engaging. So yeah, I would say LinkedIn. And then the other one I use a lot is Reddit, right? Reddit's kind of like my Facebook, of course. Uh, my anonymous, my anonymous Facebook. I get the same kind of uh, junkies high on social media that I get from, you know, looking at Facebook without having to hate the person on the other end. You know, I can't believe I forgot about Reddit because I, I get a lot of, oh, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I get a lot of my information from Reddit and I fully acknowledge that it's probably an echo chamber as well. And to comment on that, I do validate the sources, but it's an easy way for me to just look up a subreddit and get news or world news or recipes or just things that are hyper-focused. And so I can't believe I actually forgot that I, I do Reddit. I don't have an account, but I read it. You know, everything else to me is obscure beyond that point. There's always something new that somebody's trying to build a community around. And Yeah, I guess let's address the elephant in the room. What do you think when you hear somebody say that social media is addictive or it's unhealthy or it's superficial? Well, it is definitely addictive. I think it goes beyond social media, right? That addiction is just trying to keep yourself and your mind occupied, right? So whether that's social media on your phone, it's just the internet in general, right? It's, um, and is it unhealthy? Meh, that's debatable. I, I would say it's not helpful. 
if it's being abused, like anything, it's like all good things in moderation. Uh, but you find yourself, you know, whenever there's a, a down minute in your day, flipping through your phone, flipping through social media, right? So, True. you know, as far as if we were to weigh the pros and cons of social media, I can say that the excessive use of social media can lead to depression. It leads to anxiety and low self-esteem because depending on how you're using it, I mean, like take TikTok where you're looking at, you know, you know, beautiful girls who are showing off their wares or whatever. And if you don't conform to that kind of like almost cult-like, uh, you know, body image or, or what's cool on social media, then, you know, yeah, it's just a constant reminder of your imperfection. And I think that's a bad way uh, that social social media can impact us. Yeah, but to counter that, if you think about it, it's a way for us to connect with others. So while, you know, we have what society deems what we should look like, right? Let's put it in that type of phrasing. It also allows people who are nonconformist or maybe don't relate to everybody else to find their quote unquote tribe. And I think what we're seeing, especially since we're all locked in our homes or life isn't normal for us due to COVID, you know, we're seeing a rise of people uplifting each other and seeing these social movements through social media. And, and to that point, um, my hairstylist and I were talking a couple weeks ago, her daughter's significantly younger than us. She's still in school and that's how she gets her news. And so that's how she knew what was going on in the world. And it allowed them to have like a really good mother-daughter bonding experience through that. And so I think there are some positives in the way it connects us and, and connects each other in the world. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it definitely is a, is a great way to connect and to, to get up to speed on current events. You know, if you can, you can go back and look at, you know, people saying, oh, they're all staring at their phones or they're on social media. But if you look at old pictures of the 20s and 30s in Times Square in Manhattan, there's just... 30 or 40 people standing on the sidewalk with their nose in a newspaper, right? Not much has changed. We as human beings need some way to occupy our minds. So whether that's, you know, reading a book, watching TV, playing video games, or, or flipping through the internet for social media, I think that's okay, right? It's it's just it, what I, what I, I feel like it is the bad portion of it or what that, what causes the problems are, more for young people than it is people our age, right? And I think that one of the things that have come out of using social media and the internet is this kind of concept of digital hygiene, right? Like, mm. how do you represent yourself on social media? How do you keep yourself, you know, kind of, you know, squeaky clean? And and also, you know, how to, to, to filter out the noise of people who think that they're behind a screen and they can say whatever they want, right? So, I think it's important to train people. I think there needs to be education around digital hygiene, how to take care of who you are and, and, and protect who you are in social media. But I'm going to challenge you a bit. I think everyone can practice digital hygiene. And I say this for two reasons, is that we live in this always-on culture. And if you do read a newspaper now, the newspaper has a beginning, middle, and end. And that end of that newspaper or the article triggers, okay, you're done consuming what you've consumed. Whereas social media doesn't really have that. It has an endless scroll and you can find yourself wasting 20 30, 60, 75, 90 minutes. Um, so that's one aspect of it. But I don't think it's just necessarily young people we need to train. I think it's people of 
all generations we need to train because we're creating these echo chambers for ourselves and we're sharing news articles more than ever. Um, and that's tied to the 24 seven news cycle. That's a whole other topic, but you know, how do we fact check these articles we're sharing, these memes we're sharing and, you know, everything now pr provokes such an emotional response. So how do we train not just young people, but people of all generations to be careful what they're sharing online? Yeah, that's actually a good point. So I, I stand corrected. That is a, uh, a good, you know, a good point. Like, you know, it's really not just about the young people and that uh, a lot of people fall, fall prey uh, to this. And so social media, you know, comes in you in little bits and chunks, right? So you might read an article or you might even read a headline, you know, just the headline can change your mind, right? Just a headline could you know, send you into a, you know, a, a political tizzy because you read something that just pisses you off. Um, yeah. But the goal is to stop and think about, okay, where's the source coming from? And then, you know, if it's important to you, if it really grabs you that badly, then you need to do a little bit more digging, right? So, you know, find other media outlets that are talking about this, try and get the facts, and try and get to a, neut a neutral news source, right? That, or something else, because you just in this day and age, you just can't believe everything you read, and it's hard to get away from from bias. And like you said, it can be an echo chamber. So, you know, you can resonate with you, and that just fuels. They know it's going to fuel your anger, and maybe they want you to, you know, take an action or whatever else. And you know, you click on the website, and you know, they just feed you what you're, you know, what they know will get you right, and that's. It's hard to stay objective, and so you have to work extra hard in this day and age. I think to uh, to, to filter filter the, the things that you want to see, right, uh, or the filter things that you want to learn about, the information you want to you want to know when you're when you start with social media. Yeah, I think that continues the theme of you know it's a tool. If you use it in the way that it's a tool, it's a hundred percent beneficial. And I think um, a part of that social media hygiene is regulating what you see on your feed, right? You create the, the world you live in and that applies to real life just as much as that applies to digital life. And so if you find yourself being angry after looking at social media, you know, I've fallen into that trap or in having anxiety or just feeling down, you can change the dialogue you're feeding your brain. And I think that's really important is that we control what goes in our brain. We control how we react, but it's allowing ourselves to have that pause before we, we comment on a post or we share the post or we allow it to impact our day. And we're all human. And so I say it's easy to give ourselves a pause. And I think Eric, you and I, we're no better or worse than anybody else. We've reacted in, in ways through social media and we're all learning uh, just as our audiences, but it's okay to take a moment and be like, is this valuable to me? And it's okay if it's not, and you can ignore it and you can remove that source. You can unfollow a person, you can disconnect from a friend. Nothing's going to happen drastically in your life if you do that. Right. Yeah. I and mean, that's, it's really about curating your experience, right? So it's the, like you said, removing the negative sources, making sure, you know, you remove the toxic elements from your feed. And, you know, Facebook nowadays, as well as uh, the other platforms are pretty, they're getting better about letting you know how to do that, right? Or showing you how to do that um, and taking the actions necessary so that, you know, 
you just see your grandkids or, you know, maybe you just see cute pictures of puppies and that's Love what it. you like on. Yeah. So it's, you know, the technology is getting to a point where you're getting more and more control over what you see. And I think that's a very good thing. I think it's a good thing when the social media companies understand privacy and they understand, you know, your need to, to, to be able to filter your content so that you're just not drinking from the raw fire hose of the internet. (laughs) I do have to make one comment though, for anybody listening, and this is for loved ones, people we don't know, family, friends, whoever you are, be really careful about the quizzes you share online or the applications you plug into Facebook, Instagram, whatever other application you use. There is a reason why that's there. Um, Just think before you click. Um, and Eric, you grew up in cybersecurity. My husband's in cybersecurity. They would say that for anything. Any li- links you get in your email, just think before you click. That's all I'll say. I'm done now. Yes. No, that's uh, – thank you for your uh, your PSA there. That was excellent and uh, good advice for sure. You know, we're all human. Uh, I just have people like yourself and my husband who constantly remind me of this. So uh, I just have a leg up. No, I mean, that's, that's the other thing. I mean, it's so easy to get taken advantage of because it's formulaic. And if you really want to understand how they can craft advertising and uh, our political ads, for that matter, that just trigger you, it, it, they know exactly how to push your button. So just remember that every time you're feeling something, whether it's good or bad, uh, that's the, the response that they're they're looking for, right? So... Yeah, it, you, it takes some effort to stay on top of it, but it's well worth it. Yep, 100%. We're off our soapbox now. <laughs> That's right. We're done. That's what we... So we've acknowledged it's a tool, and obviously each and every one of us use social media in some aspects of our life, or maybe you just, you know, done away with social media. Godspeed to you. You have willpower that I can't even imagine. But... Eric, what do you think about when people say that social media is just superficial? It's a highlight reel. You can't take it at face value. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think it's true, uh, right? It's it may it's as superficial as it may be. It's incredibly powerful. And you know, when I was a kid growing up, people used to say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, in this day and age, I would rather have a broken bone. Like your words and what you post and what you read in social media have dramatic impact. They have a dramatic impact on your mental health, on your ability. You know, like you said, you're trying to find your tribe. But, you know, it's also why you're looking for your tribe. Uh, The things that you say, like uh, they're echoes in eternity, they never go away and they can impact you negatively if you're not careful about what you post. And the same thing with what you read, words, you know, could destroy you uh, uh, in this day and age. And so, you know, I, things may be superficial and you may disagree, and, but that's, it's powerful. And, 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 you know, that's why you have to, you, you got to curate your content. You really have to, to stay on top of it because it is easy to get completely sucked into, uh, sucked into it and feel bad about yourself. I mean, there's, I can think of lots of teenagers that have, you know, get anxiety about, you know, whether or not their post was liked enough and what does that mean to their their social credibility? I mean, there's all these new kinds of interesting psychological aspects of, of social media and how we live our lives based on 
you know, the content we put out into the world. Yeah. If you think about it, it's not been around that long. And I mean, does anybody remember the MySpace days? That was before Facebook. I remember you could have the music on your page and what have you, but it's just come so far along from the time where you actually had to code your page in HTML. Uh, so for anybody who had a MySpace, just know that you are a junior coder in your own right. Uh yeah, I think there's so many different topics, Eric, we can explore as we expand our, our podcast listing. Uh, maybe we have some parents and some students on, on the, the podcast for an interview to, to get their perspective, because I think, you know, they do offer a fresh perspective and cyberbullying and safety and, you know, validation is 100% real on the Internet. I do agree with that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it would be good to, to, to talk with uh, some folks because they, you know, they, they do. They do. They use it in different ways than, than you and I use it. And the, you, we use it in different ways than my grandmother uses it, uh, you know, and, and everybody, yeah, and everybody could learn some valuable lessons from, you know, what what to say and what not to say out to the Internet. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I acknowledge that it it is powerful. YouTube is the second largest search engine on the web right after Google. And that was something I recently learned uh, while preparing for this podcast. That is that is incredible. So YouTube is right after Google as far as what you search for and what you look for on the Internet. Well, and yeah, YouTube is awesome. You know, and it's again, YouTube is micro entertainment it is educational it is it is so many things i can watch hours of cat videos if i want to uh or i can learn how to fix the plumbing on my toilet like i use youtube on a daily basis so it you know i think it's incredibly valuable but i don't think you know youtube is an interesting animal it has a social interaction you know portion of it which you can then agree or disagree or talk about the video that somebody posted but do you feel that YouTube falls into the social media realm or do you feel like it's a, a different type of platform? Oh, I totally think it's social media. You're, you're sharing content and you can create your own content, um, low bar to entry, and there's comments. So you interact with the people viewing your content. A hundred percent think YouTube is social media. Yeah, no, I could see that. Yeah, maybe uh, somebody from our audience can let us know. Subscribe, let us know uh, if you think YouTube is social media or not social media. So while we're on the topic of YouTube, I can't remember what it was called, but I remember, I know a lot of family members or families in general use YouTube to allow their children to watch cartoons. And I think it was a year or two ago where these creepy videos were popping up and these kids under 10 were getting scared. You know, I'm not a parent, so I don't know, but how do you, you know, ensure the content your children are seeing is appropriate. Any recommendations or thoughts on that, Eric? Yeah, I think with YouTube and content in general, I mean, they have settings, right? So they can hopefully filter out uh, or filter down some of the more, you know, adult content and uh, or more potentially intense content or age-appropriate content uh, for children. And that's, I think... Uh, leads us into a good conversation about, so, you know, how do you use, you know, how do you protect yourself? How do you use these things? What do you should consider before you, you know, hit that post button uh, or share a picture or what have you and kind of some of the ways uh, that, you know, you can, you can curate a better experience for you and your family. And one of those is to learn 
the the content and security controls of the platform you're on, right? So YouTube has them, uh, and they allow you to filter the the content uh, for your children. Um, so if you're in your YouTube account, right, and you go to settings, uh, you, it'll give you a pretty straightforward menu about how to do things and edit your account. So there's a couple things you can do, right? You can look at uh, notifications, uh, playback and performance, but privacy would be a good one. Uh, and there's some toggle switches about keeping your playlist private, uh, keeping all of your subscriptions private, right? You know, uh, again, we just you don't want to overshare what you're uh, more about you than is necessary. If you think about it that way, all these freemium services. And, you know, freemium being that it's free to use, but what you're really paying with is your data. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, they're going to take everything, right, and learn, and they're going to use that against you. And it depends on how you look at that, right? So if you want the ultimate Internet experience and the ultimate, you know, uh, then go ahead and share your data, right? But you're going to get marketed to heavily, and they're going to figure out what it, you know, what it is that you want to look at, and they're going to put it in front of your face. By keeping some of that private, you kind of keep it a more neutral, a more neutral ground, and you keep the advertisers at bay, right? And if you can pay for the subscription, like I pay for YouTube Premium because I don't want to see commercials, and I and I watch YouTube all the time, so for me it's completely worth it, and uh, to not have to see an ad every time I want to watch a dog video. Oh, I love dog videos. That reminds me, I'm not familiar with TikTok, but I do know that people were putting their dog's ears in a bun. And I saw one clip somebody sent me, I think through Instagram, adorable. Uh, but anywho, I know we drilled down the privacy settings of YouTube. Every social media platform or application on your phone has a privacy or some kind of admin settings. Just take a look. It takes only a few minutes. Go down there, make sure you're protected. And just make sure that you're sharing really what you want to share with these organizations and, and the world. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode, folks. I really appreciate you tuning in. If you got something out of us, let us know. If you like uh, what we're talking about, then you know, please uh, subscribe, like, and share. Absolutely. Uh, check us out on social media. And as always, check us out at breadcrumbtheory.com. Thanks, everyone.